Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well... Unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist-recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to Canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I, I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums, and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. Enduring the scent of decaying carcasses, I have been face to face with leopards and lions that are tearing apart their meal. And there's no greater thrill, I would say, than this prospect of finding true love here. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues, and we'd like to welcome you to the ground floor of something very special. This is going to be our first coverage of Love is Blind. We're going to cover it just like we cover The Bachelor, 
We're going to cover it like a game, like the sport that it is. There's a lot of crossover. There's a lot of things that happen in The Bachelor that also happen in Love is Blind. You got your PTCs. You got your love levels. You got all kinds of stuff like that. There's also some new stuff. So get ready for that. Mm. I think this is going to be very fun. Yes, I cannot wait. I people have been demanding this of us for a long time and now <laughs> it is here. Love is Blind season 3. We will be recapping episodes 1 and 2 today. I think we'll mostly be doing one episode though in our recaps. Right. We're trying to mathematically make this fit in so that we can get in a recap of the entire season 3 before January 23rd, which is in bat which is when Bachelor season 27 will begin airing and obviously we're not going to miss that one because there's Mm-mm. some real good stuff that happens in 27 off season no off season now well this is the this is a season of a different sport a similar sport a sport that has come from the furnace of the bachelor itself from the crucible of the bachelor comes love is blind comes all of the other reality dating formats but let's just get into it shall we let's Go! And now, Pace Case and Bachelor Clues proudly present analysis of play in this week of our beloved game. This is Game of Roses. I am stricken immediately by the promo for the show. We know what Bachelor promos are. They're just a staccato laundry list of people crying and saying they love each other. I'm broken. <laughs> I'm broken, yes. The fence jump moment. This is different. This is different immediately. The feel is different. It's like a movie trailer, wedding dresses, voiceover about what the experiment is, heartbeat noises. This shit is high level, and it gets you fucking pumped immediately. I hear the heartbeat. Uh, my heartbeat is going. Pavlovian. <laughs> And we see six weeks ago, and we cut to clips of the pods, and we end in the titles, Love is Blind. And we see these slow-mo shots of women walking to camera Mm. and then entering the pods. As they're walking to camera, these are parasocial gazes. They're allowing players to just look directly into the camera. They're saying nothing. These are Instagram reels. This is an Instagram story. (laughs) They understand it, that this is just an extension of social media. At least that's how it it struck me. I was like, you don't get shit like that in The Bachelor. These are really filmic moves where it's the player just looking right at you as they're walking. You get ITMs and stuff in Bachelor, but you never get anything like this. It's very interesting. It's a more modern way to kind of present players, I think. It's definitely more stylistic and reminded me of how they will do shots in Love is not Love is Blind, Love Island. There's so many games. And <laughs> they will they will be purposeful, like, dance shots that are in slow-mo. And, like, yeah. everyone is in on it. They're like, let's get the shot. It's not made to look, you know, mm. realistic. And these living quarters that they're coming into at this point, they don't actually live there, right? I think they do. I read somewhere that, at least in season two, they live in hotels. And then they just show up and pretend to live in the living quarters and like lift weights and shit. We don't see where they sleep. Well, they don't sleep there. That's what I'm saying. Those living quarters are not real. I don't think. Oh, my God. We have to get to the bottom of this. That's that's absurd to call it living quarters and they don't sleep there. Yeah. But I mean, that's none of this shit is real. I mean, look, we know from our coverage of The Bachelor that a lot of this is just lies to the audience. Love is Blind is no different. 
Much of this is lies. And a lot of what we have to really look at here is which of these players are here for TRR, which are for TWR, et cetera, et cetera. Who's playing the game and at what level? And a lot is revealed about that. But also keep in mind, these producers of this show are just like the producers of Bachelor. All reality television is. And there have even been, at this point, uh, SK from this season has come out to talk about the producers. There was a player in season two who came out to talk about producers doing bad practices to keep her from eating and getting water when she was sick and all this shit to make the situation worse. So the producers of Love is Blind, they're operating under the exact same, uh, I guess, rules and regulations that are the producers of our beloved game operate under. So this is the first of many lies, I think, that that these things are living quarters. I don't think they actually are. So here, I, I've Googled it. Look at me go. The season one, they had them in trailers with cots close to the lounges so they could sleep nearby. However, starting season two, According to Tadum, they were housed in hotels and they're led to and from their rooms so they don't accidentally pique their love interests. So then we get these intro videos. Zaneb gets the first one. She's 31, a flight attendant. She's here for a husband. Bartice gets one. He's a 25-year-old accountant looking for someone who likes him for his insides, not his outsides. Then we see the Dark Lords, Lachey, Nick, and Vanessa, a married couple are your dark lords for this entire... They they were in season one and season two as well. They enter the document, and we get this cross-cutting sequence of them entering the men's living quarters and the women's living quarters. They explain how this whole thing works. The players are going to fall in love without seeing the person they're falling in love with, and they ask what brought people to this experiment. And we cut then to Kalikia. She discusses dating apps not being a good method to find love, and then we're, of course, never going to see her again. She is forgotten. <laughs> there are many players in this game that are forgotten. And these forgotten players are there. They're doing all the same shit that all of the players you see in the document who have stories are doing. They're going on the dates. They're falling in love. In some cases, I assume they're getting proposed to, accepting those proposals. And then again, I assume... There are proposals. That we never see. That we don't see. Yeah. Are there any times where they get revealed when they see each other for the the first time where the person is like, oh, I made a mistake and that's when it breaks and they don't ever show those? I assume that happens, right? Must. I just don't think anyone, even if you're a really bad player, you're not that bad that you're like, oh, this is going to make me look bad. I feel like those people tend to come up with a, an excuse later on. Mm -hmm. I mean, we haven't seen it in the document yet, so... Something to look forward to, I guess. <laughs> but like, I don't think they would put that in the document. To to villainize someone, you could. Yeah, but then what? Like, they're never in the show again. So you build up this narrative of a person who's right, like not going right. to be in the rest of your show. I bet they just cut it out. But yeah. I will say, even right here, when Kaliki is talking about dating apps, you don't see that shit in The Bachelor. It immediately takes on a feeling of realness that these are real people trying to date in a real world and it's not working for them. Just a discussion about dating apps. And, and obviously, this show is filled with conversations that are more real than anything in The Bachelor. We will get to those. But this was the first tone of it, in my opinion, where it's like, oh, yeah, dating apps suck. That's why I'm here. And then fucking SK in the men's living quarters talks about race being something you can't hide on the apps. An immediate discussion of the impact of race on dating, at least SK's experience with it, in the first two minutes of episode one. Never going to happen in The Bachelor. 
No. And I thought this was a great line by SK. He's saying you have the opportunity to fall in love with someone's mind before their race or their looks. And we get the Dark Lord dynamic duo, Nick and Vanessa, now say you have 10 days to find someone to propose. Will you say I do? The pods are open. And we see a bunch of quick pops of Mm. the Forgotten. Nash and Kalikia, <laughs> Tarita and Simmer says she likes 69ing, hates being on top. She's gone forever. Amanda and Zach, uh, Tony and Nancy. And we get this intro to Nancy. She wants 10 kids, 10 little Nancys, which we later find out she might already have. She has donated a bunch of eggs. But let's, if I may, if I may, all of this, like uh, Tarita talking about 69ing and not wanting to be on top. This is in the first three minutes of the show. Never going to get anything like that in The Bachelor. It makes it real. These are conversations that you do have in relationships. What are your sexual preferences? Uh, Talking about money, talking about all kinds of shit. And they really go there in this show, which is interesting. I also want to take note of the editing of this. It is fucking slick. It's contemporary. The look of the show, equally slick, equally contemporary. Modern music over all of this that has fucking lyrics. So it feels current. It feels relevant. You want to watch these people. The tone of this immediately Mm -hmm. is fun, is like hopeful. These people are excited to be here to see what's going to happen. There isn't that like just overwhelming sense of fear and anxiety that our beloved game seems to produce at all times. It's a it's a real breath of fresh air, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're yeah. not seeing that <laughs> yet. No one is like, this is torture so far. And we get this ITM from Nancy. When is it going to happen? It's embarrassing that she's had to say that she's single at 31 with at her family events. Her ovaries are dancing. You know, this is a common thing throughout our beloved our beloved games is uh, the the fanny flutters <laughs> of Love Island or the, the China pot tingles of tear. Nancy is definitely the <laughs> she is taking up the mantle from all of these China pot players who have come before her. <laughs> Mm-hmm. She is our new face of vaginal <laughs> protocol. And Nancy is doing, I would argue, the best voice work of anyone in this in these two episodes. And Bartiz says that he likes her voice already. And I mean, that voice play is something that we, every once in a while, you'll hear somebody in our beloved game talk about somebody's voice. Shall Cross, notably, uh, the upcoming mm-hmm. Bachelor for season 27. Boomer. Yeah, Boomer, Shao Cross. People talked about his voice. But here it's like, at least in the pods, it's your only attribute, really. I mean, you're talking about your personal life and stuff. The the content of what you're saying is an attribute. But the way you deliver it is really only in your voice. And it's astounding to me that they don't throw a ringer in there, like somebody who has like a James Earl Jones type voice or something like that, (laughs) just to see how it goes, you know? Oh, I agree. I think they're going to start experimenting more. But so far, it's like everyone, they're like, yeah, love is blind. But it's like everyone is conventionally yeah. attractive. So it's like you're not going to end up, you know, getting as tricked as, say, it's it's possible to be. Get ready. The experimental era of this game is coming up. Get ready for something like that. I bet it's going to happen. 
Uh, we see Nancy and Barty speak Spanish to each other. They talk about what they're looking for. And we see Bartice plays a PTC right off the bat. His parents divorce and he wants to be with somebody for his entire life. He's looking for a best friend. And so it's like we've been following Nancy and now we're following Bartice as he goes on another date with Raven and he plays another PTC that his dad's best friend died on a motorcycle. So that's why they wanted him to have that for his name. And he also lets her know, you know, we get a little bit into these pods, the idea that like you can tell somebody what you look like if you want. That's not off the table. We, we get to it a little bit later where Nancy is saying, I want to stay true to the experiment and all the stuff. But here with Raven, uh, I'm sure at some point she's like, well, I'm a Pilates instructor. And he's like, oh, OK. And then so he makes very sure that she knows he was eight weeks out from a physique competition uh, <laughs> before he came here. And she's like, OK. So am I. Yeah. I'm eight weeks out. <laughs> I'm always eight weeks out from some kind of physique competition. But Raven then ITMs that muscles yeah. blind her and a person's looks can overshadow uh, their personality for her. She's trying to change that, however. And then we go into pod number seven, Raven and SK, a 34-year-old data engineer. He says he went to Baylor and he's about to go back to grad school at Berkeley, but he's from Nigeria. Go Bears. Oh, sorry. I didn't realize you had a, an allegiance, an affiliation. I, if Berkeley doesn't win in all of their sports championships, I cry myself to sleep. I'm sure some people do. SK then ITMs, wanting an educated woman who knows that Africa is not a country. Uh, then we see Colleen, a 25-year-old ballet dancer. She's ITMing about her terrible flirting skills. But hopefully the pods are going to help with that. And she hopes that the guys are going to be excited to talk to a ballet dancer. It's not every day you get oh, to talk man. to one. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> it is true. We then begin this series of quick Cuts, pod number eight, calling in Matt, a 27-year-old vice president of an aerospace manufacturing company. She opens up with, I'm a ballet dancer. Matt loves this. Quick cut to pod nine, calling in Brennan. She tells him she's a ballet dancer. Quick cut, pod 10, calling in Andrew. I'm a ballet dancer. She's getting a little bit of a fool edit here. And I think a they... little bit, immediate fool edit. <laughs> yeah, immediate fool edit. <laughs> but they could have done this with anyone. Like, I'm sure... Yes. That's one of the first things that you say in the pod is what you do. Big body trash can. Oh, I'm too tall for this palapa. Yeah, exactly. So I felt a little bit bad for her. But eventually we get to pod number 11, Colleen and Cole, a 26-year-old realtor. He loves her name because it's like his. And they discuss the spellings of their names. Uh, she asked him if his name is spelled C-O-A-L. <laughs> 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 that shit fucking put me on the ground. I was like, what? <laughs> what? So anyway. She's got an open mind. Yeah. Cole then ITMs that he wants to make a lot of babies, seven perhaps, but real world dating sucks. It's hard for him as an adult. In high school, it was easy. College, it was easy. He had bigger pools to, to date from. But as an adult, you can't meet your wife in a grocery store, he says. And then we see Cole and Brannigan, a 34-year-old critical care nurse and a forgotten Cole says that nurses are off the table for him and we're never going to see her again. Then we see pod 13, Cole and Jess. She is a 28-year-old event planner, also a forgotten. She's drinking beer with olives. Cole ITM's disgust at this. That's a no for him. Oh, yeah. And the nurse nurses are off the table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no nurses. You're drinking beer with olives. Fuck you. Get out of my life. And then we go to pod 14, Colin Zanab, 31-year-old flight attendant. He loves her name. He talks about working in real estate. He talks about his first concert being the Jonas Brothers. And then we cut to pod 15, 
Cole and Lauren. Lauren is a 35-year-old medical device representative, also forgotten. And he tells her that not liking the Jonas Brothers is a deal breaker for him. And Lauren's <laughs> eyes open to full aperture in shock at this Jonas Brothers deal breaker admission. And Lauren, the forgotten, delivers my face play of the game this shit is hilarious to me because they can't see each other so the facial reactions you're getting from some of these people at what the other person is saying are so fucking genuine so fucking here. real they're they are and lauren's face here is fucking hilarious it's like she can't believe what she's hearing uh and in many cases neither can i when cole is opening his mouth <laughs> i literally He's he's got such a big personality and I was like, oh, he's absolutely ending up with someone and whoever it is 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 going to be tortured. That's what that was my impression. And we should be clear. <laughs> I have watched the first four episodes. So I rewatched these two. Yeah, I am completely unspoiled. I don't know what is going to happen. I know there's a lot of controversy to come that I look forward to. I have watched a few more episodes, but I don't know the final conclusions of many of the relationships, if they get married or not. I'm a little more spoiled than you, but not mm -hmm. completely. Full disclosure. Pod 16, we get uh, Cole and Alexa, a 29-year-old insurance manager. He asks her who would win in a fight between a bear and a gorilla. And the, face, the look on her face is kind of a... What in the fuck is this guy? We immediately then get Alexa's ITM and she says, no, fuck this guy. <laughs> and so we know that that is not a <laughs> <No>. love match. <laughs> but in her ITM, she discusses the fact that she could, in quotes, stand to lose a little weight, but she doesn't want to. She loves herself and she loves to eat. She's confident in who she is and she deserves someone who gets that. Again, something you will never see in The Bachelor. And this is no. in the first few minutes of introducing the main characters of this season. And again, it's just like it feels more contemporary. It feels more real. I know it's not. I know it's all a lie. I know this is a reality show, but it feels more real. We then follow Alexa as she has a pod with Brennan. And they talk about how she likes to host Shabbat dinners. He says he has a tacos de papas recipe. And she says, you're the favorite. You want to get married now? And there's just this, I mean... They know the timeline, et cetera. They know they're all looking to get proposals. But you get a lot of these jokes, and it's like there's a an intimacy that develops very fast with these people, in part because they can't see what the other person looks like. And, and it's the amount of time they spend. Like, when they go in these fucking pods, they're having hour-long conversations. Mm -hmm. Whereas on Bachelor, they specifically prohibit you from having long conversations. They give you little five and 10 minute interludes to talk to the person. And then you're on a group date with 15 other people. And maybe you get to pull them aside for 10 minutes. Some people never even talk. They turtle. Yeah, exactly. Some people turtle. And even when you're on one-on-one -on -one dates, the producers will come and be like, no, nope, come over here. We got to have you do ITMs. The producers on The Bachelor really prohibit you from having long conversations about anything important. Here, the exact opposite is true. They force you into these fucking pods to sit there for an hour listening to some fucker drone on on the other side of the wall about who's going to win in a fight between a gorilla and a bear. 
It's unreal. Hey, it's, uh, everyone's got their cup of tea. <laughs> For sure. But it really heightens the illusion of uh, you feeling like or a player feeling like they know the other person. And I think that is really the crux of this show. That's why it works is because I think these people on some level really do believe like, oh, fuck, this is my soulmate. And in some cases, like there have been from season one, Lauren Speed and Cameron. I for, I always forget his name, but they're still together. They're still married. A parasocial powerhouse couple. You should just go by Cameron Speed. I agree. You got that last name. You take it. First chance you got. Uh, we then see our first shots of the guys' quarters and the girls' quarters after they return from their pod dates. Matt ITMs, he had 15 dates in one day. I'm exhausted. So I don't know if they are set amounts. We heard someone at one point said they had a two and a half hour date with someone. I think it's probably like, yeah, I think they probably can. And I also think if like somebody hits a deal breaker immediately, it's like, why? waste time you know if somebody's like i'm mm. super christian and the other person's like oh i'm not okay you know let's end this here and and we'll go talk to other people so i think there may be some leeway i don't know exactly how it's produced but i can't imagine they would make you sit in a room for a fucking hour talking to somebody if you're immediately like i want to have 10 kids i don't want to have any all right well now what do we talk about for an hour <laughs> you know <laughs> come up with their names yeah uh, we see Cole says me and Tony like all the same girls. We see Tony. He is a forgotten 33-year-old. And we see the women pour drinks. We see them talking about the guys. Nancy says she has fanny flutters for Cole when he says go. he likes to go fishing and take his shirt, take his shirt off. She's like, oh, keep talking. Jingle jangles. A lot of synonyms for vaginal protocol here. Yeah. The power of a voice. And we see Zainab talking to someone saying, I'm not anywhere near the top of this guy's list and I want to be. And she's taking notes with the other women. I love this approach by Zainab. She is, she is a student of this game. I can tell right off the bat. Totally. And the second audience here, just to lay out like what we have that is similar to Bachelor, we definitely have a second audience. We definitely have a third audience. We definitely have a fourth audience. The first audience is something a little trickier. And it doesn't really, I think, exhibit itself until after the pods. Once you are in a couple and you get to go to the kind of fantasy suite area, you know, where finally you're having sex with the other person, but you're also with the other couples, I would argue then that the person you're with is your first audience. But you still have to deal with the second audience, which is now a mixed gendered group of all the different men and women who have made it to that round. And, and obviously there's some complications. If you've been involved in a love triangle, now you're meeting the other person that you didn't select or that they didn't select mm -hmm. you. And we'll obviously get to all of that. But it's interesting to see and there's a little bit of, of second audience play that will come up a little bit later in this recap, but it's interesting to see how they position it in the document. There's STCO play in the second audience. There's some admission about like, I like this guy, you like the same guy. There, at least in this season, was very little comparing of notes, which I think if you are in a second audience, that's one of the, the great benefits of it is you could both be like, oh, I like Cole, me too. Well, he told me this. Did he tell you that? You can catch them potentially in lies, but it doesn't seem like that's happening. Catch them in lies or fill out more of their backstory. 
Because it's like, oh, maybe just Cole didn't ask the the bear fighting question to one of them and then <laughs> they could relay that information. Uh, and we see the power of the voice. Zainab loves Andrew's voice. It's like butter. And we cut to Cole saying, I asked three girls if they had Dogecoin. And at this point, I'm like, Cole is... Is he a producer plant? What is happening? <laughs> is this a real person? <laughs> this is just that, that you know, early seasons of a reality show. Like, you never know what the fuck you're going to get. This is like a uh, Tina Fabulous type character in my mind, you yes. know? And we see Zainab is continuing this colorful narrator. She sums up all of the guys on her list. She says, Brennan is a foodie. Bartiz is this charismatic smooth talker. I'm ready to get booed up for life. And we get these quick pops in the men's living quarters. They make bacon. We have one forgotten, doesn't know how to turn on the elliptical. This is all fake, right? They're living in a hotel. I mean, I'm sure they're really eating the food. And yes, they're really doing a workout and stuff. But this is all produced, I think. I think the producers are like, go eat that bacon. Do some fucking push-ups. We need to get this B-roll. I mean, maybe they just don't allow them to have food and then they bring them in early in the morning. <laughs> they fucking starve them. They're ravenous. And then it's just like a giant plate of bacon. Well, we know that's a, ta- a tactic that they use in the show. Yeah, that is true. That is true. We get some of these workout shots with the women and the guys. Raven is leading some of the women in a workout. I think that's great. The guys are shirtless, so we're getting a little bit of that. You know, they do that in The Bachelor, too. Obviously, we just saw the promo for Zach Shawcross where Sean Lowe, the golden boy, is scrubbing his abs with a brush in the shower. <laughs> God, I can't wait for that season. I feel like that's not real. I know we saw it, but I can't believe it's real. That was definitely real. <laughs> I took a fucking shot of it. Um, then we see Raven ITMing liking a lot of the things about Bartise, and we see pod number 18 is Bartise and Raven. She has had producers put yoga balls in their pods, so we get this idea now that you can go to the producers and you can tell them I want something in the pods for my date with whatever. And this is a version of a mini date. Uh, it, very similar to how it works in The Bachelor. You have to go to the producers or they come to you with suggestions. I'm sure that is similar in, in uh, Love is Blind as well. But Raven teaches Bartise some workout moves. Then she discusses teaching Pilates. And it's a big thing for her to say, but I really like you. Love level one. This is the first love level we see in this game. She says on the weekends, she does some service industry things that she knows can be challenging for men. And he's like, huh? Do you strip? And she's like, no, (laughs) I've never stripped. She loves a good strip club, though, she says. She does bottle service and bartending. And he says for him, he's confident and that's not a problem at all for him. And I'm like, this is there, it was weird tonally. I didn't quite get what she was talking about here. Like, why would a guy care about any of this? Such an interesting mislead. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's like if you're a bartender, you get hit on all the time. I'm not sure. I liked this this mislead strategy of like, oh, yeah, make him think it's something that that is like, ho- like, not horrible, but like something worse, like a more extreme version. And then it's like, oh, no, I just bartend. Yeah, I thought when she was saying like, I'm in the I do some service industry things. I thought she was talking about like sex work, potentially. Yeah, we see Raven say that Bartise is her number one in the quarters. Colleen loves it and but wants to know who Nancy's 
number one is. So we know that Nancy is keeping her numbers close to the chest. And this is the first time we see that Nancy is a student of this game, a player. She is a speech pathologist. And Raven says she's so bubbly, very agreeable. Raven sees what I see, which is that that voice is going to take her far. And Raven ITMs, she's like the person you see in Walmart from high school, like, hey, I might act like I'm busy so we don't talk. And it's hard (laughs) to handle the anxiety of the feeling like Bartise could be making the same connections with other people. Meanwhile, Nancy ITMs, her ears perk up as soon as she hears the word Bartise. And then she plays a laissez-faire. She says if homegirl wants to shoot her shot with Bartise, then she's going to let him figure it out. Now, we saw this very Mm -hmm. same strategy backfire for uh, Rodney Matthews and for Logan Palmer on this most recent season of Bachelor of Paradise 8. Uh, does it work here? We find out ultimately that it will. Spoiler alert. But we see pod 19, Bartice and Nancy. She tells him that when she was in grad school, she was an egg donor. Eight times, she says, she gave 25 to 30 eggs. So there could be up to 100 children in the world that are hers. Again, Never going to see this in The Bachelor. This is a super real fucking conversation about a super real fucking thing that could have massive implications in the beginning of a relationship. And uh, she says if she signed papers that when these children turn 18, if they want to know who their biological mother is, they can come to her. They can find her. And some of her friends, she said, stop being her friends because it was against what God wanted her to do. Never going to see that in The Bachelor. And she's had partners who didn't like it. This is a version of a PTC here. Bartiz says that's crazy. He thanks her for sharing it, but he doesn't see it as an issue. He actually thinks it's a beautiful thing that she helped these families. And he tells her he wants a girl first for children, then a boy, but ideally two boys. She wants to be a mom to like 10 kids, she says. And he says, oh, you're a healthy one. Yummy. I'm going to pump a couple kids in you, he says. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought that was a very strong line. I thought it was a... Very audacious play <laughs> to say, I'm going to pump a couple kids in you. This is a person that he's known for a matter of days. Have you ever had anyone tell you that? Not to my face. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you it's a line I've never said to anyone. It's, I mean, there's a bunch of lines that I heard in this episode where I was like, yeah. oh, well, I would immediately add the. Day. <laughs> yeah, you just walk out the fucking door. Good day, sir. Good day. And Nancy says, I don't know how old you are. And Bartiz reveals that he is 25. And Nancy's like, oh, shit. Do you know how old I am? And he's like, 31. You're talking about getting pumped full of kids from a kid. Just fucking hitting it hard again. Look, he does something else. <laughs> that is my error. But this was... This was- <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> I know. A faceless being being like, I'm going to pump you full of kids is... I agree. It's a lot. It's not my cup of tea. <laughs> no. And and granted, they're in these pods for hours. All we're yeah. seeing are the these little pieces of the conversations cut together to do whatever, you know? And I think 
a lot of times you'll see the reaction of the other person just be kind of like silent and you don't know if they're going to react favorably or not. That's just fucking B-roll taken from some other piece of a conversation when they're just like listening to that person talk. They, they really in this show have the ability to create tension in conversations where it doesn't exist in a way that Bachelor does not because they're not in the same fucking room. Can't see the edit, and we don't see the rest of the conversation. Maybe they were talking about this being a line from a movie or something. I don't know. Benefit of the doubt. Yeah, or maybe she even said, like, I'm looking for a guy to pump some kids into me. Maybe she even fucking opened it. I have no idea, but the fact that she doesn't run from this line makes me believe context. in context yeah. it made a little more sense. But it does feel like, to me, they're giving Bartiz and Cole a little bit of a villain edit. Yes, I agree. And Nancy ITM's in a in the real world, she wouldn't accept a date from a 25-year-old. This is very funny because one of my friends ended up getting married to this guy that she met, but she had refused a date with him before mm-hmm. because he was 25 and she was 30-something. And then yeah. she met him in real life and didn't know how old he was. So oh, it's like... An age hider. You know, in real life, it can it can work. Yeah. We then see it, Brennan and Alexa bonding over how they're so close with their parents. Brennan plays a PTC that his mom and dad split when he was six months old and that there was a lot of hatred between them. And he felt that hatred was geared towards him and would cry himself to sleep many nights. Alexa talks about how important her Jewish family is to her, a fundamental part of her. And she was in charge of the siblings growing up. You've been my favorite conversation. Ooh top of my list she plays a mirror ptc here about her parents being divorced and so that's always good we know mirror ptcs always are going to work well for you and uh then he says the things you say pull on my heartstrings is this love level one is that a love level one i think it is yeah yeah i'm gonna give it to him <laughs> Very benevolent. <laughs> so here, Brennan gets his love level one. We're back to the men's living quarters. Andrew uh, is telling guys about his travels around the world. And Nancy ITM's connecting with Andrew intellectually and financially. She thinks he might be able to help her thrive beyond what she can do alone. We then see Andrew ITMing, loving the finer things in life, but his values are shifting. He's climbed a 70-story skyscraper and watched the sunset above the New York skyline, traveled the world, Definitely getting huge villain edit here. Mm-hmm. And it's going to not in these first two episodes, but there's one thing they do to him in the edit that we will get to in our next recap that is fucking unreal. I mean, yes. They're, they're going hard at him. He Every time he's talking about Africa, it is... I mean, but he's also a wordsmith. So they're also like super funny. And he's the only one of the forgotten who really gets highlighted. He says, I have been face to face with leopards or lions. Andrew's not a forgotten. What are you doing to me? What does that look? Yes, he is. <laughs> Wait, what is a forgotten to you? What's a forgotten to you? A forgotten is you don't you don't couple up. Oh. To me, a forgotten is they just like eliminate you from the edit. They don't let you have any dialogue, basically. Mm. Andrew is like a he at least is a player in the pods. There's pod players, and then there's proposal players. There's players through every phase of this game. He doesn't, I mean, spoiler alert, you know, he doesn't fucking make it past the pods, but he's an, a big player in the pods, I felt like. He's the only forgotten who gets screen time. I don't consider that a forgotten. We're going to have this debate until the day we die. 
you have to you have to pair up in this game. Yes, but to me, it's like there's a difference between he's getting massive screen time. They are mm-hmm. like he came into this game as all reality games are. You're trying to get that valuable screen time. He gets it. Yes, he doesn't make it to the next phase of the game. But a forgotten to me is like there are players that you only see in group shots that you literally never even see an ITM, an intro video. You don't see any of their dates. That, to me, is the forgotten. They're literally like extras in this fucking show. Hmm. To me. Well, agree to disagree. All right. Uh, We see Andrew and Nancy talk about sex, and Andrew says his best sex has been transcendental. You sync up, and I feel the pleasure you're feeling. A caress on the nipples, on the arm, tongue on your tummy to be connected and keep the energy flow between you. Again, I mean, I guess this is the power of the voice, but if someone said this sentence to me, I'm out. He also claims to be able to have multiple orgasms without ejaculating. Never going to see that in The Bachelor. And she does compliment his voice sounding like a radio host here. So we've got the two voice players going head to head, and it seems like Andrew is winning her over. She ITMs that he gives her a heart attack and he's very sexy. Then we get pod 22, Brennan and Colleen. Colleen ITMs that he is confident and making her smile. And she's excited to smile with her person. She says she's excited to talk to him. He sighs and tells her that he needs to tell her that he knows they had something, but he found someone he connects with and he's excited about moving that relationship forward. He found the person that he wants to be with. This is the first dump or first all exiting. This is a pod disconnection. I don't know what we call this exactly, but this is a play that is going to be featured in this game every season when people are kind of feeling out who they like and maybe they're going down two or three different roads, but then they realize I want this person. So they have to cut ties with all of the other ones. This is the first time we see it here. And again, we don't know where any of this lines up timeline wise, but we do see that Brennan is the first person to all eggs and it gets our first tears from Colleen as she returns to the girls' quarters and says one of her top two dumped her. And Raven, Zeneb, and two forgottens STCO her (laughs) in a big group hug. Can you imagine if you prep, you're like, I'm going on Love is Blind, and then you're forgotten and you're only in an STCO. There's a thing with, I believe it is, I think her name's Kalikia, that comes in the second episode we're going to recap, where she's literally just sitting on a couch going, Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, yeah. I, I noted that conversation. Yeah. To, to, I think it was to Zeneb fucking saying something. I was like, they just cut all of her dialogue out. They don't even let her fucking say a word. It's unreal. No, just a face player. We see Brennan telling everyone that Alexa's his best friend. He really cares about her and finds her sexually attractive. Loads love level one. We then see this date between Brennan and Alexa. He has his own prop play, game night. And before we play games, he tells her another PTC. He grew up without heat and AC. He's had negative money in his life, but he loves what he does. PTC, child poverty. And she says, I never thought I was going to find love out of this. And he says, it's very scary, but I need to tell you this. I'm completely in love with you. You're 100% my lobster, my person. And this Love Level 4 by Brennan, the first Illy in the document, was my... Play, 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 play of the game. This Love Level 4 by Brennan, the country bumpkin, was also my... 
play, 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 play of the game. I'm completely in love with you. They go on to say that they want to wake up together. They love level four a few more times. She returns the love level four. Brilliant. All exiting here. Now, we don't know what order this actually happened in. We don't know how long this took. But the show is giving them like a major power couple edit here. That Mm -hmm. this is fucking locked in. They're the first ones to say it. They just uh, cleaned him up, gave him the benevolent dump of Colleen. We don't know how that conversation really went, but the way it was cut... He's in the right. He's he's a good guy just doing the right thing. It can be cut in many different ways. <laughs> we'll see another one. <laughs> so we know here with this love level four that this couple is going to be strong. We don't know if it'll end in disaster or not, but right now, very strong. We go back to the women's living quarters. They're all eating breakfast. Raven admits never uh, using a vibrator and a few forgottens react in disbelief to this. Colleen tells a forgotten that she has a struggle with people not liking her. Charlita. Was it Charlita? Sorry. <laughs> Even I don't know their names. Clues. It is springtime. It is the off season. It is gore girl summer. The weather's getting warmer. Thank true. Dark Lord Palmer. And it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and cowls and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul, get those staple pieces, and I found quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces keeping me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I got the cotton modal scoop neck tee. It is so cute. It is literally the first thing I reach for in my dresser when all my clothes are washed. You know those special items. If you are not like clues who only wears one outfit. I'm Quince head to toe at this point. I'm a Quince boy. <gasps> I'm a source boy, Quince boy. Let's you got no go. idea. I'm wearing Quince t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince long sleeve t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince sweaters, Quince pants. I'm Quinced. <laughs> Just call me Quinced. King Quinces, Okay. they call me. I love Quince. Okay, Quince. Uh, get warm weather ready with Quince. Be a Quince king yourself or Quince queen. Go to Quince.com slash roses for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I- N-C-E dot com slash roses to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince dot com slash roses. Game of Roses is sponsored by BetterHelp. Clues. Uh, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And if you keep them all bottled up, it can affect you negatively. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. You might be taking care of your physical body, but are you taking care of that beautiful mind, Clues? Yes. I have benefited from therapy greatly in the past. Uh, It has helped me get through stressful experiences, manage boundaries, learn coping skills, you know, the the whole premise of life is is kind of a, a, it's a lot to undertake, and therapy can help with that. Well, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do to get started is fill out a brief questionnaire. Then you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. 
Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game of Roses. Clues, mm-hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect t-shirt. Yeah. Um, because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect t-shirt does exist, and you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long-sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in onyx. That's kind of a dark black color and the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite which is kind of like a blue green and they're both so comfortable it's basically like you are wearing nothing great for free spirit types well for all the free spirits out there right now you can shop the skims t-shirt shop at skims.com now available in sizes xxs through 4x if you haven't yet be sure to let them know we sent you after you place your order select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu that follows again that's skims forgotten to me as well colleen itms that she typically goes for the life of the party type guys then we have pod 24 it's colleen and cole she says that she loves their energy is this a love level no Okay. They discuss kids, five or six kids. <laughs> he brings up her flexibility again. And Cole ITM is being turned on by the ballerina. Deal breaker for him is the wife needs to have a nice butt. Colleen and Cole return to their respective quarters smiling. And Cole ITMs that Colleen might be the one. He thinks they would have amazing sex and hot babies, but be poor. We then see Cole with Zenab and... He tells her that he loves the outdoors and God. Zenab also massively loves God. And then they talk about their families. Zenab passes, passes, plays a PTC <laughs> about her parents passing. God, her father died water skiing at thir- when she was 13. Then her mom passed at 18. I grieved for a decade. This was an intense, intense yeah. PTC. And says it made her grow up really fast. And Cole says, wow, you have a story, girl. I love that reaction. Started to like you a lot more after this date. Love level one. And I wrote down a note here, like, how was this cut? Because the the way they cut it makes it seem like she's like, my parents were dead. They died in this tragic thing. I grieved for a decade. And then he's like, you know what? That made me like you a lot more. I'm really into hearing about your tragedies. Right? They did make it seem like... So they condensed it down. And like, again, these are these early seasons. I don't think the producers and the editors quite have it down yet eventually this is going to be a fine-tuned fucking machine and things like this i don't think will be as apparent this was a strange edit it it made it seem like he was getting almost turned on by the ptc in my opinion uh and we cut to alexa and brennan in the pods she's dressed fancy he's dressed fancy he love level fours her here and everywhere and proposes she produces tears. Love level fours him back. Says, I hope you know what you're signing up for. I'm a little crazy. I'm going to have a toxic obsession and you can't run. And they both go back to their respective quarters. She said, yes, she's getting fucking married and everyone gets to celebrate together. 
And this fucking, the way they edited this, upbeat music with lyrics again, very contemporary. Everyone is happy. They're smiling. They're crying tears of joy. There are no traumas yet visited upon these people by the producers. This is, we're almost through the whole first episode and all we've seen is people who are excited and happy to be here, falling in love, accepting proposals. That's all we've seen. Except for the silly people who get fool edits. (laughs) Right. Uh, we see Cole and Colleen in a pod and they have this discussion that is kind of confusing, but she tells him that she's not used to getting deep. And he says, my marriage has to be deep. And she's like, I get it's not attractive. I'm working on it. And he says, I think you're looking for someone a little different from me. And he dumps Colleen and Colleen saying that she is not used to getting deep was my error, 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 error of the game. What are you doing here if that ain't the thing? The whole point of this is to get deep, is to get to know someone without seeing what they look like. It's only conversations. It's only getting deep. What are you filling hours in that pod with if you're not having deep conversations? I didn't understand this play at all. She should have at least, I thought, said, hey, I'm not, I don't usually do that, but I know this is different and it's going to push me to change and I want to get deep with you. What do you want to know? That, to me, is how this should have been played. I thought she really uh, dropped the ball here. She tells the women in the quarters that he kind of called her shallow. But we leave this moment quickly and we are in the proposal quarters. Alexis putting on lip gloss. Brennan is ITM and he found someone that views love the same way. Is love blind? 100% absolutely praising the process. Alexis ITMs, I'm curvy, not for everyone. I hope I will be for him. He has gone 100% into this kind of shy style puppy play. And we see the first backlit shadow for the unblinding between Brennan and Alexa. End of episode one. We end on that cliff as the doors drop and Alexa says, what the fuck? We hear that at the very end. The final words of episode one of Love is Blind season three are Alexa saying, what the fuck? Absolutely love that. We pick up in episode two right where we left off with that proposal between Brennan and Alexa. Great bachelor to streaming. <laughs> Say the F word. <laughs> <laughs> I agree 100%. Uh, so we get some ITMs of each of them explaining their love goals and their fears about having the other person stomp on their heart when they see each other. The doors open. They see each other for the first time. He's got a rose and a ring. They hug. They seem genuinely very happy to see each other. They kiss. It seems real, but this moment is also awkward. Mm-hmm. There aren't a lot of eye gazes in this moment. They're they're kind of like they don't know really what to do. He eventually drops on a knee, proposes. She accepts. As she shakes, they stand and embrace and get in another kiss. And this is the first time that we're seeing this reveal, this uh, in-person proposal, the kisses. And something. I mean, this is true of every one of these seasons. I saw, I've seen the first two seasons as well. And it's true of everything that happens in this season. When these players first meet each other, it is always fucking awkward. Whether yes. <laughs> they're truly in love or not, this is a weird fucking situation. And these moments are to me like it's some of the best shit yeah. on television because they can't hide how fucking truly bizarre this is. And it's like, oh God, do we look at each other in the eyes or do I look away? Should we continue kissing? Can you touch? Yes, it's all of that. And I think there's like to some degree, 
on probably both players' parts, maybe in, in some cases it's one player more than the other, but there's like a little bit of an urgency to really make sure like the physical chemistry is there. So you'll see people like trying to get more kisses in and shit, but sometimes the other player doesn't want to do it and it becomes so fucking weird. But that's also totally understandable because it's like, yeah, we've said all this shit and we have the same life goals and it seems like we're emotionally connected. But like if that part's not there, this can't work. Obviously, you know, I love this. Absolutely love these reveals. This awk walk is kind of the promise of the show where people are in love who haven't seen each other. But this is a very 4TRR one. They sit on the unblinding bench. Alexa produces tears and says, we'll make really beautiful children, future casting. And they love level four. He says, I'm with you 100% no matter what. Looks like it's going forward. That reassurance play was fucking beautiful because I think in that moment... The thing all these players are really thinking is like, wait a minute, am I really fucking doing this? Is this person really the person I thought they were in the pods? All of that shit. Mm -hmm. And to say, look, I'm in this 100%. No matter what fucking happens, I'm going to be by your side in this. That reassurance play is crucial. And I love to see him doing it here. I think it's 4TRR too. I truly believe in this moment they are both 4TRR. We caught back to the women's quarters. Colleen is feeling very hurt by her double rejections and she wants to dig deeper into herself. AKA Colleen is determined to be in this show. And I love that. She <laughs> then has a, um, has a pod with Matt who we haven't seen since the beginning. And he plays his PTC that he was in a 10 year relationship, got married oh. at 18, divorced at 24 it was way shitty, and he put up walls. This PTC is rough, and he he double dips it. We'll get a little bit more of it later. There's another component to this that is also just fucking yeah. gut-wrenching. But he basically says he wants somebody who can find positive things in the negative times, and she says that's who she is. But she's not picking the right people. She tells him that she's hearing his Matthew McConaughey voice saying, mm-hmm. you're fine, you got this, and that's what she's looking for, too. And he warns her that his positivity might annoy her. He calls her perfect. Is that a love level? I don't know. She tells him he turned her whole day around. You sound so cute. All right, all right. Yeah. It's good to prepare impressions, I think, for this. <laughs> and for any any game. But doing of an impression based on how your voice already sounds, I feel like, is a strong move. We then see this conversation between Nancy and Andrew. She says hello. He says meow. Love this. <laughs> Cat noise to identify yourself. But there is no context for this. The least these fucking producers and these editors could have done was let us see the first incarnation of that so that I understand why the fuck they're doing this because it just comes off, in my opinion, psychopathic. I think... You know, we're talking about how Bachelor has much shorter conversations than Love is Blind. I think part of what comes with this is you have these longer conversations and it becomes more difficult to edit things and have context for everything because things seem random. Okay, suddenly she's holding a golf club she hasn't had. Like, it's a little disjointed sometimes. And it's harder than Bachelor to edit too, I think, because there's no main action. Like in Bachelor, it's like, well, there's a group date and there's going to be some outcome of like the football game and 
you know, who's saying what at the at the party? Like there, there's always kind of a main driving action that you're kind of editing around the narrative of whatever that is. Here, it's literally just a bunch of fucking people talking for hours to each other. And you have to figure yeah. some narrative thread in that. It's very difficult to do, I think. And they do a great job. Like the show is very well put together, in my opinion. I agree. And the production quality is so good. It's just like everything looks slick and nice. Nancy asked Andrew, do you worry about going from your adventures to boring marriage and kids? And he says, well, you know, he starts going down the story that there's no context. I was flush with cash, running sports cars, three months plus in Africa, three months in Bali, a month in Singapore, looking for avenues of growth. Elaine de Baton writes on love and starts quoting a book or a poem. Uh you got to negotiate your incompatibilities with grace and kindness, which I do think was like a, that is a, a good, good idea. And Nancy ITMs, she, it's hard to envision life with him because he's re- so relaxed, but she envisions life with Bartiste. He's sick, but he's six years younger. And we quickly cut to Bartiste. I'm falling hard. I can see myself falling for two. He's love level three and two or loading love level three for two people. After Andrew says that thing about the person you marry should be the person you can navigate the differences with and that nobody is really compatible. And that's when you find true love is when you accept that. After he says that, they cut to this fucking weird hero shot of him where it's kind of like a low angle shooting up into his face as he takes like this long, powerful sip from the golden chalice. And I was just like, I did right. He finishes his drink. (laughs) They are making that fucker into like an evil villain. It is hilarious to me. Mm -hmm. But then Bartis back in the men's quarters tells the guys. Yeah. Like you're saying, he's falling hard for two people. He then ITMs that Nancy reminded him of home and they get each other's jokes. But Raven is like the fitness girlfriend who's also smart and funny. He's leaning toward her. We then get pod three of this episode, Raven and Bartise. He says he was thinking about her a lot. She's also thinking about him and she praises his confidence. And then she PTCs about having a long-term relationship with a guy. They talked about getting engaged. So it was real. He was an older guy. They had a great life and she still has some of the things from that relationship. Would that be weird for him? And he's like, no, not unless it's a house. This is, again, a raven kind of like implying strange events that she's not talking about. Yeah. (laughs) Basically that like this older guy who had money was like buying things for her. Again, it, it to me like scratches a little bit at kind of like a sex worky kind of sugar baby thing. Maybe, you know what I mean? Yeah. But they're not like overtly saying that. And she says, you know, look, uh, he goes, it's not weird for me, uh, but I am too young to be like buying you Rolexes and shit. And she's like, I don't expect that. I make my own money. This then gets into this conversation about money and shit. You'll never see this in The Bachelor. And he explains uh, his mom met her dad when she was engaged to somebody else. And he begins his PTC. They went to this bar when he was a kid. The singer came up and said hi to his mom. Then he cleared the dance floor to sing them a special song, and his dad was there too. They all figured out that this was the guy his mom was engaged to, and that that was the beginning of the end of his parents' relationship. That's some fucking PTC. Yes, and while he is playing this lengthy PTC, we see Raven doing hip thrusts off the couch, and then she is doing jumping jacks, (laughs) all sorts of exercises, which, like, why not? You get a workout in while, like, two for one, two birds, one stone. But he picks up on it, says, uh, she's like, that's good. 
that was hard for you. So thank you. And he says, well, you do jumping jacks. And she goes, you can hear that. <laughs> yeah. So she knew it was a shitty thing to be doing. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I get deep in my life and this person listening is doing a fucking workout and ITM's what if my gut's telling me the wrong girl right when he's being vulnerable? This was definitely an error. And you can see like, just in terms of playing the third audience here in this game, you don't ever want to give these producers something that they can cut. You're doing something crazy while the other person is talking. And I think even if she was doing that, I mean, I think very clearly she was doing it while he was playing his PTC. But even if she had been doing it at another time, they still could cut it in. The only thing you should be doing in those pods is laughing, crying, and paying super close attention, leaning toward the wall. That's it. That's it. Maybe making some notes. Don't do anything that they can give you a fool edit or a villain edit with. You got to be really careful in those fucking pods, I think, about what footage you give those producers. I think there are some like experimental plays that I enjoy. Like I like when they get on the floor. That feels mm -hmm. like they're upping the intimacy level. I liked when someone was celebrating. I think it was Cole and he ran around the pod. I thought that was a good play. Mm. But yeah. Yeah, I was like, maybe she could have done silent stretching. But again, I think it would have looked bad for the fourth audience. Of course. We see then we follow Raven into her pod with SK. And he says, when you think of a Nigerian, what comes to mind? And she says, uh, well well-dressed, a hat or an accessory for sure. And he's wearing a hat. I thought that was funny. And later he's wearing an accessory. He has like a little gold chain thing on his lapel of his blazer. Yeah. I was like, when she's saying that shit, I'm like, what? What is she talking about? Then literally he's doing everything she's talking about. Yeah. It was fucking hilarious. <laughs> and he plays this wild PTC here that he comes from a polygamous family. His 17 kids total. His dad had multiple wives. And he says he wouldn't... It's not abnormal to him, but he never even thought about doing it. He believes in equal partnership. So he's getting out ahead of that um, that attack. And he says, also all the logistics involved. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> uh, and she says, it's already hard being in, in one relationship. Thank you for sharing that. And he loves her graciousness and non-judgmental attitude when she is hearing the story, he feels closer to her and ha she has an intentionality that he hasn't found in anyone but you. Raven produces tears. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I, I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is gonna feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact, mm. 
they have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. Sweaters, candles, the dreaded bathrobe. Unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an Aura Frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabooli and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. It's the next best thing to to meeting my cat, really. You know, I love that it was so easy to set it up. I've recently learned I'm not good at uh, building things, (laughs) and I need an easy install. And this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the Aura app. Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, come with unlimited storage, so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. She'll be grateful it's not another sweater, and she'll love the frame to see more of you. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off, plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, Frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. And she says she's working on being in the present. And he tells her uh, he hopes she wants to know him more. Big hero score comes in here with lyrics. Again, anytime they're underscoring any of this shit with music, not anytime. There's a couple of times where it's just needle drop. But for the most part, it's these songs that have fucking lyrics. I don't know where they're licensing them from. I've, I've, these aren't like hit songs or anything. To have songs with lyrics like that, it really just makes it feel so much more contemporary. It, it just feels like now, you know what I mean? Um, in a way that Bachelor is like, they'd never have fucking songs with lyrics unless it's the private performances on a one-on-one or a group date or something like that, obviously, and they're doing a performance. But then we see this shot of pods turning off. It's a shot from above the pods. All the lights are going out. And it basically means we're changing tones. This was a sober, serious vibe with SK and Raven. Now we're going to something fun. The pods turn back on. The upbeat pop music kicks in as we go to pod five, Cole and Zanab. Cole is snapping. Cole (laughs) snaps his fingers. He's snapping. And he makes this Zoolander pout. And he asks... Can you tell I never get bored with myself and makes my face play of the game. Oh, wow. Eyes at like 2% aperture, uh, lips pursed. Yeah, very good. Yeah, give us the aperture description. And we see... Zainab loves ITMs that he she loves how he breaks out into song, matches her energy, makes me feel stupid like a love struck idiot. I would say that's like love level one. And then in their pod, he asks her to tell a story about somewhere she's flown to as a flight attendant. And she talks about all of her travels, going to Thailand, seeing an elephant sanctuary. He compliments this traveling and risk taking. He says, You're what I need, Zainab. And uh he does this kind of 
fake tear play about being lonely. He admits he didn't assemble his couch yet. She makes him clarify, though, that he does have his couch and all of his furniture. And then they finally exchange ages. He's 26. She's 31. He PTCs about being married and divorced before. He got married after two months of dating someone. And then that person filed for divorce after four months of being together. He learned a lot, now knows what he wants, and that he wants to be married and be a father. Then he asked her if she's ready for a committed relationship. She's like, of course, I am. She had done uh, a lot of this life alone and doesn't want to do it alone anymore. They both agree to pray to God together as a foundation for their marriage. This is early religious connection. Very reminiscent to me of Hannah Brown and Luke Parker, who was able to use his early Christian connection with her to make it all the way to fantasy suites, technically. I mean, there was some some discrepancy about how that, yeah, how that season wound up, but nonetheless, it was very reminiscent of that to me. And then he asked her to be his girlfriend and she accepts. Then Cole, love level threes. I think I'm falling in love with you. She returns it. Love level three. I think I'm falling in love with you too. Or would you consider that at level two because of the think? I consider this three. I consider this an all eggs, one basket transition into love level three. <laughs> and then we get sweet music with lyrics again and Cole ATMs that he thinks it can work and the feelings are real. We then see Colleen on her third attempt at love. Matt says he's opened up to her more than I have in the last 10 years. She asks if marriage scares him to do it again. He says he fears getting hurt again because he was cheated on and his... <laughs> Ex-wife was pregnant by another man. That is the second half of that PTC. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. This dude has been through it. Yes. But Colleen sees it as a sign of his strength that he's willing to put himself out there again. And he's still open to love. He says life is so much better with a partner. And she says she's never cheated on anyone because she can't do that to somebody. Matt then ITM's needing trust in a relationship. Upbeat score with lyrics again as we head into pod seven, Bartise and Raven. Bartise has had dollar bills strewn across the floor of Raven's pod. And he says, do your thing, girl, when she walks in. Now, I didn't quite get this. Because is there something we're missing from the conversation? She said she's not a stripper, but this is a stripper vibe right he is now it's now an inside joke that oh yeah you are a stripper he's spread all the money out bartice doing this stripper money prop play in order to do his dumping conversation with raven was my error 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 of the game i just think making fun of I mean, I guess it's like making fun of their conversation, but it's it's a little bit it's a little bit strange and it doesn't set her up to think she's about to get dumped. It seems like it's a point of connection and it just I, it did not work for me. And I felt like it was a very bad fourth audience play as well as how he delivers the breakup. Yes, it's <laughs> and he's doing it for a breakup. So he's doing this weird joke about something that she obviously like it's an issue for her when she's telling yes. him about this earlier in the the prior pod. It's not something she's like seemingly particularly proud of or something that she knows is a, a potential problem in other relationships she's had. It's a problem for guys, she says sometimes. So he knows that. And now he's making like a weird joke of it. But again, I don't know how much of this is out of context, like a lot of it. I don't know if this is something that like she because she doesn't give a fuck about it, seemingly. 
At least in yeah. what we're presented in the document, she's like, oh, yeah, whatever. It's funny. Ha ha ha. And then he dumps her. But I do agree with you to have some kind of joke prop in the dumping conversation seems like a bad move, in my humble opinion. And then it led me to think maybe he wasn't going to dump her. Yeah, I'm like, maybe he decided in the moment. But it it seems like he dumps her right off the bat. He's like asking like, oh, I got something to say. And he's like, are you doing jumping jacks? And he says, it seems like you and I both get a lot of attention from the opposite sex. Again, why is this in this paragraph? We'd make a great couple, but there's this burning desire to talk to another girl. I'll say it, fucking Nancy. And I'm just like, did you, you prepared with the dollar bills, but you obviously did no preparation to what you were going to say. Fucking Nancy. Yeah, Bartise doesn't seem much like a... Uh designed play style player. He's just mm-hmm. kind of flying by the seat of his pants. It seems like in almost all cases. Pump and dump. But Raven basically is like, you know what? That's cool. I've made <laughs> I've made the same decision. Oh my God. <laughs> Raven is basically, he's a pump and dump style player. Raven basically says that she's made the same decision. So it's a no for her too. And they basically have an amicable split here. Then we're back in the MLQ that's the men's living quarters. Bartise admits to SK that he was working on his proposal for a different girl yesterday. Wouldn't say that. Mini error. <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely don't say that. Because then that's going to get potentially back to that other person. But Andrew then gets him to admit that he was all about Raven. SK calls Raven smart, as Bartise calls her very probably very attractive. Probably <laughs> <laughs> She's probably very attractive. Uh, And then we see a forgotten standing (laughs) silently with all three of them as Bartise admits that he wants Nancy. And Andrew ITMs that he will follow his heart to Nancy as well and is going to shoot his shot. Bartise ITMs that he is certain Nancy is the one. He wants to show her that he loves her. So he's loaded this level of a four. We get pod eight, Bartise and Nancy. He has some flowers for her in the pod, white roses. He thanks her for everything. Wants to keep moving forward. She's happy with where she's at. They agree to stay true to the process and not reveal what they look like. They have a little conversation where it seems like they might tell each other what they look like. He explains he had his top two and his date with Raven. He felt a fire in his stomach saying that he didn't want to be there. He just wanted to be with Nancy. He feels so strongly about her. Love level one. Then love level two. I can see myself falling in love with you. Then he love level threes. That's what I'm doing right now. Falling in love with you. So he does a three-tiered love level raise in what appears to be the span of almost one sentence. And she then explains that the logical side of her won't let her use the sacred words. Options open. And it ends, this pod ends in her indecision. Yeah. And Bartise ITM's uh, confusion, feeling hurt. He's scared about being wrong that she's the best match. Produces those tear plays in this ITM. We cut to the... WLQ women's living quarters and Nancy ITMs that (laughs) and says that it triggers your ovaries when a man sees himself as a father in the perfect world. I have 10 kids. Are you ready for kids at 25? Re Bartise. I've had a criteria of older than 33 IRL, but the criteria hasn't worked. And this is the scene where we have one of the forgotten just nodding at, at Nancy. <laughs> oh, it's Kalikia. She literally is sitting there. She gets in, I counted this. She gets in four yas in this conversation and two head nods. That's it. I'm noting the black women, especially because I know that Lauren Speed tweeted about this and was like, you put all these black women in the promos and then didn't focus on any of them. Yeah. Yeah. That too. But I mean, it's like, 
I don't know what that's about. Did none of them get proposed to? Did there... Like some of this, when you're looking at this game as a whole, just like The Bachelor, they're casting people and already in their minds saying, this is going to be this type of a person. This is going to be this archetype. This is going to be this archetype. Mm -hmm. They already kind of have in their heads a story that they're going to tell, a narrative. And obviously they can't fully know what's going to happen once people get in the pods and start proposing or not. But it does seem like they have the power to force certain relationships if they want. And they're not in certain cases, you know? That That is what she implied, yeah. basically, was that it's like fake proposals. Why don't you make them do a fake yeah. proposal? We cut to Zenab and Andrew, and it looks like she has prepared prop play with this silent disco party, but then everyone has headphones. So I don't know if they were all on their individual dates or what, but we see a bunch of dancing shots. No, I think they all did this. I think at one point the producers are like, today's going to be the dancing day. Everybody has their headphones and you get to play music that you like for the other person so that you can see what your musical tastes are. I think that's basically what it is. But what a fucking great idea. And now you have this montage where everybody's fucking dancing. It's mm-hmm. like a 90s fucking rave. People are wearing glow sticks around their fucking neck and shit. It's it's just fun. Like this show is just fun. And I, I just... It feels fucking good. That's all I'm going to say. It feels fucking good to see people having fun. Even if it's fake, it feels good. It's fun. It's fun. (laughs) (laughs) Sir? (laughs) Uh, Zenev tells Andrew that they would play Mexican music growing up with their whole family. How do you feel about family living with your spouse? Like, again, these conversations we never would see in The Bachelor. But Andrew says, my parents did that with their parents. If you have an extra room, why not? And then they talk about, I'll let you you cover this part. Uh, Well, <clears throat> Nancy says she saw a UFO as a child and she describes the saucer flying down and lighting up the sky. And I mean, this this should be my play of the game. I wanted to give it my play of the uh-huh. game. I just thought that Brennan's level before was like a little more, that's a game, real gameplay, but you're just not ever going to see this in The Bachelor. They fucking go on, both of them, to agree that aliens are watching us. This is true. <laughs> Whatever's happening in the edit, whatever lies they're telling you, this is true. I agree with them 100%. And then she tells Andrew that he has a sexy voice, but he also has content and she's confused in a good way. And she also seems very drunk to me in this scene. And I will say one thing that I love about Love is Blind. They let these motherfuckers drink until they black out. And I love seeing it. Yes. I've only seen through episode four, but I... I know the scene you're talking about. I I do. I I mean, obviously, Bachelor can't go there, but I miss the alcohol. <laughs> Bachelor can go there. It's just a, a choice they're making. But then we go to Pod 10, Raven and SK. She explains that for her, opening up is uncharted territory. No one has gotten any of this out of her in her whole life, the things she's told him in the pods. SK says he's not attracted to simple and straightforward. He's looking for something deeper. He likes complex things. She says she loves this kind of love. She might not say, I love you, but she's saying, hey, I'm a grown adult woman who has never had this feeling before. She sees herself getting there in her own way, and he says he wouldn't want it any other way. He wants her love in her way. Brilliant fucking play from SK here. Absolutely fucking brilliant. And then we go to pot 11, Cole and Zanab. 
He says he could go on and on about how he's falling in love, love level three. He could future cast about their kids. He could talk about how attracted he is to her. He thinks she's the type of girl he needed to go for, but wouldn't have gone for in the real world. They love level four each other. And then he says he can't even imagine how much more he's going to fall for her when he can see her. This is an implied love level five, in my opinion. (laughs) And he gets on that knee. And he proposes. This is our second proposal. We've only seen one of those, Peter Popeye Weber. I, I'm going to say he's the only love level five ever, but uh, <laughs> we see that at love level four back. Accept the proposal. He says, I know we're girlfriend, boyfriend, but will you be my wife instead? She says, I don't care what you look like. Yes. And he runs around his pod in circles and he jumps on the couch like Tom Cruise. And I did like that little physical play. It was very reminiscent of... Uh, I love Cleveland's when all the players are forced mm. to jump on beds and stuff in the hotels, in my opinion. We cut back to the guy's queue, the girl's queue, the guy's hug, Cole, and we see Colleen and Matt in the pods. Matt says, are you ready for a serious relationship? She says, yes. He says, I'm ready for the next step. Throw football with the kids. I've fallen in love with you. Love level four. She says, I love you. Love level four is him back. And she dances. I love Matt. And again, upbeat score with fucking lyrics. They don't fuck up here. They have that that uh, formula down. They can really do shit with mood, with music, in a way that mm-hmm. like Bachelor doesn't. The Bachelor music is, I mean, at this point, it's just very rote, very pedestrian. Cinderella or clown. Yeah, you got clown, <laughs> villain, Cinderella. That's it. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Here, they've got a wide variety of kind of musical intonations, all with lyrics that are going to make you feel happy or serious or uh, threatened potentially in a love triangle. They really, the music in Love is Blind is like fucking top notch. Pod 13, SK and Raven, SK ITMs, that she has a kind soul and spirit and she believes in him. And so he's going to propose. In the pod, he says he's fascinated by her mind and he thanks her for being patient again and gracious to look beyond the fence, he says, and see what's on the other side of the SK square. This is some reference to something we have not seen, I assume. He thanks her for letting him love her the raven way. And he asks her to walk toward the wall where he proposes. She paces around the room and then accepts with a yes, sir. No love levels here. She ITMs having her mind blown by being engaged to someone she's never seen. She says it feels like she might be falling in love or she might be vomiting. That's probably not a good sign. (laughs) No, it's not. But she says she's ready for Club SK. And SK does his signature dance that he had had said he was going to do. Uh, which is this X slash. And I liked, I liked that he has that victory dance. We cut to Zenab in the unblinding room, putting on lip gloss. Cole loves love level four. And we see finally the unblinding of Zenab and Cole. And he says, ah, you're beautiful. And they kiss. He ITMs, put her in a magazine. She's a model and bigger boobs than I expected. Good surprise. He does the ring proposal And Zeneb says he's a beautifully crafted man. She's happy. More kissing. And then he says, I'm not turning around. I'm looking at your butt as they leave. Put her in a magazine. He's really, he loves magazines. Well, that whole thing about him saying you're beautiful, big boobs, looking at your butt, put her in a magazine again. It's it's like uh, he's trying really hard to make it known that he's physically attracted to her that she is attractive, it, and it seems like he's trying maybe 
harder than necessary. You know what I mean? But that's that's part of the awkwardness of this is like that's the one component of these relationships that they don't know anything about yet. Is there physical chemistry? Are you going to be physically attracted? And so some of that takes place in the kiss, in the hug, in the whatever. He's choosing to use really a verbal play style here to reinforce the idea that like, ah, oh, yes, which to me makes it seem like maybe it's not quite what he's feeling. You know, he's he's overcompensating a little bit, potentially. We see that Nancy has now decided between Andrew and Bartise, and she goes in and it's Andrew's pod. He meows. And he <laughs> says, and he explains the meow. If you meow for the wrong person, it's not as embarrassing as saying the wrong name. And I was like, OK, next level chess. And he says, from the witty banter to our vague conversations about anatomical parts, I've fallen more and more in love with you. Love level four. He says, stand and approach the wall. He says, our future makes me smile. She says, it's a great life. He says, Nancy Rodriguez, would you make me the happiest man in the world and marry me? End on this proposal cliffhanger. Yeah. Ooh. And that wraps up our first recap of Love is Blind. Those are the first two episodes of season three. Who was your most valuable player? For her voice play, for her note play, for excellently navigating her love triangle. And I really felt like she was the star of these first two episodes. Nancy was my... M-M-M-M-V-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-
That's exactly what I'm looking for. <laughs> it's very strange, but <laughs> that's my kink right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what it gets down to, I think. But uh I hope that everyone has enjoyed this Love is Blind recap. I am very fascinated by it as a game, and I'm looking forward to continuing to break down not only this season, but I'm sure we're going to do other seasons in the future. I'm just, it's interesting to see it as the game that it is, I think. Yeah. And to see the pieces that are there from Bachelor, but to also start to see these kind of new pieces and really start to deconstruct it in a way, because I think we're on the ground floor of this. You know, it's only season three, and I'm, I'm hopeful that within a couple of seasons, we can have massive influence over this game. I feel like part of what is exciting to me about it is that it is the ground floor of this game. Like some people are obviously coming in with some sort of characters, but not really fully fleshed out. And the opportunity to get influencer numbers is massive here. They're still getting 2 million club members and creating reality stars from this. So I'm very curious who who that will be from this season. I know there's a lot of controversy to come, and I look forward to breaking it all down with your clues. Same here, Pace Case. And again, thanks, everybody, for joining us. And before we go, as always, what is that Dwabat? It's been 7,554 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord's Lachey. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then 